0: I often hear people talk about their little slice of heaven on earth. Usually they're referring to a place they bought at the lake or a chateau in the mountains. If that describes you, I'm sorry to bust your bubble by saying, that's not heaven. Not even close. Heaven is not the good life we make for ourselves on earth. It's much more than that. Your little slice of heaven on earth and mine is a ghetto shack compared to the home Jesus is preparing for His followers. Besides, heaven is not earth, and earth is certainly not heaven. So set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For your life is hid with Christ in God. I'm Ron Jones and this is Something Good.
1: He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Hello, and welcome to this Friday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, the pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian. Thanks for stopping by. You know, when we go to be with Jesus, everything will be new. Not just where we live, but who we are. We will have new glorified bodies, a new awareness and understanding new and greater intellectual capacity. And the best part is we'll enjoy all of this without pain, without regret, and without the possibility of sin. Today, Ron offers us a beautiful glimpse of our future home in heaven as he moves ahead in his teaching series, Heaven, the Father's House and My Eternal Home. Stay with us here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now with part two of his Something Good radio message, Heaven and the New Jerusalem. Here's Dr. Ron Jones.
0: Verse four says, death shall be no more. Can somebody shout hallelujah? One day, the lake of fire will swallow up death and Hades. Hades is that place of torment where departed spirits are who have rejected Jesus Christ. That part of Hades is a holding tank for one day when after the great white throne judgment, the devil and all of his demons, death itself, Hades and the inhabitants will be tossed into the lake of fire. The lake of fire being synonymous term with hell, okay? But in heaven, death shall be no more. And I say hallelujah because I hate death. Every little stench of it or whiff of it. And I've done a lot of funerals over 30 years of ministry and every time I do, whether it's for a believer or an unbeliever, uh, my my first thought is something's wrong here. It wasn't supposed to be this way. And it wasn't. Death was not God's idea. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Our spiritual and uh, biological forefather Adam sinned against God. He corrupted the whole human race and death entered into the world. And death is is described in the Bible as separation from something. Death is when the spirit separates from the body. The second death is eternal separation from God forever in a place called hell. And that takes place at the great white throne judgment. But John says, in heaven, death shall be no more. J. Oswald Sanders says, the king of terrors, the last enemy, will never be able to breach the pearly gates and disturb the bliss of heaven. No more deathbed vigils or funerals. The hearse will have made its last journey. Praise the Lord for that. Heaven is heaven for a lot of reasons, but primarily, there's no death there. No fear of death. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that the devil has some people imprisoned in the fear of death. Do you fear dying? Because you don't know where your eternal home is? You don't know what's beyond the grave? You don't have to fear death. Faith eclipses fear, even the fear of death. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Verse four also tells us there's no sorrow in heaven. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, we'll come back to that. He says, for the former things, the former things have passed away. That sounds so heavenly, doesn't it? As I mentioned last week, I, I, I think for, for this reason, uh, I believe, uh, based on other scripture as well, that God will modify our memories in heaven. If there's no sorrow in heaven, then there's no memory of the things that brought us sorrow in this life. There's no memory of a lost loved one who may have rejected Jesus Christ and is not found in heaven. Either the ecstatic joy of heaven will eclipse all sorrow or God will totally remove even the memory of those things that caused us sorrow in this life. But there's more that's missing in heaven. And uh, this, this one disturbs my heart a little bit because I love the beach and I love the sea and the ocean, but it says that the, uh, there, the sea was no more. I guess there's no more Virginia Beach or whatever beach in heaven. Now, there, there's a river of life, and we'll get to that in the weeks to come, but um, apparently there's no need for the oceans in the new heaven. You know, water covers nearly 75% of the present earth. And maybe it's because uh, the new earth will need much more inhabitable space. Remember, it's the Father's big, big house. And um, there will be lots of people there, even though the way is narrow. Jesus said, and few choose it. Still, there'll be lots of people there. Pain is missing in heaven. (laughs) I love that part. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, no headaches, no heartaches, no need for Tylenol or Advil, wouldn't that be wonderful? No morphine, there's no pain in heaven. No emotional pain, no physical pain, no groaning because, you know, your leg hurts or this hurts or that hurts. Furthermore, we won't find a single wicked person in heaven not a smidgen of corruption, no corruption. Look at chapter 21 and verse eight. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now I take that to mean uh, a description of not former murderers and liars and sorcerers and idolaters, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we can all find ourselves in a list like this before we met Christ. This is a description of the unredeemed liars and murderers and sorcerers, of those who rejected Jesus Christ and remained in their sin It's hard for us to imagine a world, though, with with no sin, no spinning of lies, no murders, no pornography, no pagan worship. The present world is viciously corrupt, but all of that is missing in heaven. There's no no hint of that. There's no need for a crime watch in the neighborhood, because there is no crime. Verse 27 drives the point home even further. It says, nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Has your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? This is heaven's record. For all those who have placed their faith and trust in the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Your faith and my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is what prepares us and fits us for heaven. You can't get there on your own, and neither can I. You can't just do better and be gooder and hope that the the, the scales balance themselves and God grades on a curve. No, apart from Christ, he sees you and he sees me for the sinful liars and murderers and adulterers that we are. But he loves us so much, and he wants to hang out with us that he's made it possible for us to enter into the most holy city you and I will ever experience. But you come on the merits of Jesus Christ, not on your own merits. The Lamb of God, who paid the penalty for your sin, who took your death penalty on that cross and mine and rose triumphantly from the dead, defeated death and sin and the devil at the cross and through his resurrection. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life?
1: Dr. Ron Jones will be right back with the second half of today's message, Heaven and the New Jerusalem. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to find out more about the ministry to ask our ministry team to pray for you or to order selected resources from our online store. Let me ask you, is there a more important topic than one's eternal destination? Dr. Ron Jones believes the gravity of this topic deserves the utmost in both biblical accuracy and compassion. He provides both in his book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. And he'd like to send you a copy by request for your donation to something good today Are heaven and hell real places? What happens right after you die? Ron answers those questions and more in Mysteries of the Afterlife, and it's our gift to you by request for your gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Now let's get you back to the rest of today's message, Heaven and the New Jerusalem. Here once again is Dr. Ron Jones.
0: The Bible also says in John 21 that there is no temple in heaven. Let's pick it up in verse 22. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. He goes on to say, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Interesting phrase, we'll come back to that. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. There 's no temple in the city now again in god 's desire to dwell with his people after the fall of man and after Genesis chapter three, he dwelled with his people first in a tabernacle. remember that traveling worship facility that Moses was instructed to build and you know, traveled with them for those forty years in the wilderness later the temple be- or the tra- tabernacle became a, an actual physical uh, building where, where, where God dwelled. He dwelled in the holy of holies. And he invited through uh, a lot of uh, tedious instruction, uh, priests and the high priests to come in to atone for sins and was, was getting the people ready for the sacrifice of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But, but God was, he just couldn't help himself if I could say it that way. He wanted to dwell with his people. And the only way that a holy God prior to to Christ could dwell with him was through the tabernacle and through the temple. Jesus Christ died upon the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin, and at that moment the Bible says that the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, opening up access to the Holy of Holies. Starting in the book of Acts and the birth of the church and the coming of the Holy Spirit, Now the Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers and we are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see how God's getting closer and closer? Now because of the atonement for sin through Christ, the Lamb of God, now he can dwell within us. But still that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is is heaven, the new heaven, the new earth, one continuous realm and the dwelling place of God with man. And no need for a temple. No need for a temple anymore because the, the closeness and the fellowship and the intimacy with God our Creator and our Heavenly Father will just be so seamless and so perfect and so wonderful. Finally, what's up with the missing sun and moon? Did you see that? John says, uh, and the city had no need of sun or moon to shine on it. I love this, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the lamb. And for that reason, it's it's daytime all the time in heaven. That's why the Bible refers to believers in Jesus Christ. Don't you love this? We're people of the day, we're people of the day. We've been fitted for heaven where there is no nighttime. There is no darkness. And then let's go back to that phrase where he talks about the kings of the earth. Isn't that interesting? He said the kings of the earth will bring their glory into heaven. What does he mean by that? I I take it to mean that... um, Well, nobody will steal any smidgen of glory from God. All glory emanates from Him. But you know, the kings of the earth and even people who maybe don't have the title of king or queen, queen or president or prime minister but think of themselves a little bit more highly than they ought to think, we all have our glory stories, don't we? And our glory wishes. John says the kings of the earth that might have had a little bit of earthly glory, they will bring their glory into heaven and submit it to the only one who has glory. So just a few things that are uh, missing in heaven before we get to next, week, next time, the things that are there and a fuller description of the new heaven and the new earth. I, I kind of like the idea that God is making all things new. Aren't you? I, I know some of you, you're kind of stuck where you are. You know, you've had the same shag carpeting for 50 years. You do you. I like to freshen it up once in a while. I like new things. And especially when I look around at a rickety old Judge Roy scream kind of earth like this, I don't wanna inherit this earth. This place is winding down, it's falling apart, it's corrupted and marred by sin. And God isn't just gonna clean it up along the edges and renovate this and renovate that. No, he does new things. He makes all things new again. And there are maybe some things, and maybe, not maybe, but. There are in all of us some new things he wants to do in your life. For some of you, he wants to make a new creation out of you where the old is gone and the new has come. And you need to come to faith in Christ today. And by faith, as a humble sinner who needs a savior, come to the cross of Christ and he will make all things new in your life. You'll still be in an old, rundown world but he's he's made something new in you and fitted you for heaven, and he's promised to come back and get you. And with the rest of us, you can wait like a bride waiting for her groom and wait for the glorious day when Jesus comes. But even as believers in Jesus Christ, you know, the, the theological word we use is sanctification. He's sanctifying us. He is continually making us fit for heaven, making us new and we will never reach perfection in this life. At least I haven't. Maybe you have. (laughs) Remember, you're in church this morning, tell the truth. But one day, when we're with him, he'll complete the project. All things new. A new heaven, a new earth, a new holy city, Jerusalem, a new realm, a new glorified body a new awareness, a new capacity to our intellect and all of that. You know, we, we, we use such a small portion of the brain that God has given to us, scientists say. Another indication of our fallenness. But he'll make all things new and, 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 and supersize everything to its glorified capacity. It makes me want want to be there sooner rather than later. I have no death wish. But I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul says. Set your affections on things above, not on things in this earth. You know how you do that? You know know what the starting point is? Read and meditate the Word of God. And every little glimpse the Scripture gives us into the Father's house and my eternal home. Read it, read it again, meditate upon it, carry it with you. Set your affections, the deepest longings and desires of your heart on things above, on heaven. And what you'll find is that all the disappointments that this life brings, all the brokenness, you know, you say, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm riding in the back car and Judge Roy scream and it's coming off the track a little bit, all right? But there's coming a day, oh, when out with the old and in with the new, and it's heaven. It's heaven for everybody who is there by the grace of God and by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, Heaven and the New Jerusalem. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me in studio. Great message today, Pastor. As I was following along, I got to thinking about our earthly relationships. Some of them become strained over the years. Others get to a point where they're irreconcilable. Anger and bitterness can set in and last for years, maybe even a lifetime. How comforting it is to know that a day is coming
0: when even those things will be made new. Yeah, it's such a wonderful thing to look forward to, Brian. Listen, uh, believers in Jesus Christ, uh, those who call ourselves Christians, we don't always get it right, okay? I mean, we have relationships with people that may be filled with tension for years or even a lifetime. Others may be marked by open hostility that will never be reconciled. And while I believe we should do everything in our power to be at peace with all people, even those who have hurt us deeply, it doesn't always happen. We don't always seek that peace, and even if we do, we don't always find that peace. Uh, We certainly don't always find that total restoration and reconciliation happen. And it can be heartbreaking, Brian, but imagine a place where there is no longer any relational pain, a place where every single relationship is redeemed. Brian, when God makes all things new, including the relationships we had on earth with those who will be with us in heaven, he won't simply be repairing burned bridges. He'll be creating brand new ones. It will be a place in which two people who spent their entire earthly lives at odds with each other will instantly have zero animosity, zero emotional pain. But instead, they'll have perfect unity where there was once nothing but discord, resentment, and bitterness. We can all take comfort in this, Brian, because all of us have at least one relationship in which, well, at the very least, friction exists. And that won't be the case in heaven. And I think for anyone who has rocky relationships with one or more people, again, I say, do all you can to be at peace with them. But also know that a day is coming when those relationships will be made brand new. And we will never again have any cause for relational heartache, not with God, not with one another, and Brian, not with ourselves.
1: That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts from today's message, Heaven and the New Jerusalem. Ron, before we wrap it up for the day, how about giving us a quick glimpse at your next message when you move forward in your series, Heaven, the Father's House, and My Eternal
0: Home. Brian, way back in the early 1970s, former Beatle John Lennon wrote a song called Imagine. And I'm sure many of our listeners have heard it before. Uh, Lennon says, imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try. Well to me, we're all much better off imagining there is a heaven. Because the truth is, imagine it or not, heaven is a real place. And Brian, it is a massive place big enough for everyone who is there by faith in Jesus. No, we will not be living on top of each other in heaven, and heaven is also a welcoming place. No need for the gates to ever close, no need for security towers and assault rifles. But most of all, heaven is a real place. And in my next message, I will give listeners an in-depth look at our future home, the Father's big house and my eternal home because of my faith in Jesus Christ. That's next
1: time in Dr. Ron Jones' message, Imagine There's a Heaven. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.